Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. both wearing white today it's like a wedding day i mean we're getting married basically is yeah, what we're saying. We're actually getting... i'm so excited because i can wear a little bit of white now because i have a little bit of a tan finally the sun has come out in southern california i mean you're yeah. still pale obviously i know, y- I know. you're round <laughs> i blame the pan i mean i've always been pretty pale but the pandemic just brought it I was going to say up a notch, but down. Like, I've gotten like a translucent. Like, yeah, I've gotten more fair because there was like two summers of no. And now I just can't even go out because I get burned. So, I'm yeah, just... no, you can't. You just go to purple, straight to purple. Yeah. It's not a good look. Bad. But yeah, so <laughs> I wanted to know. I was, I like, I've seen these people and I want to know your take on this. I've been seeing people use these anonymous question boxes. Yeah. Uh, and I know you used one like a while back and I know I'm like late to this party, but I was like, ah, oh, why would I need to do this? Whatever. And yeah. I was like, yesterday I was like, ah, oh, let's just see. So it is interesting. I don't know if you got any, like, I think you got like some like marriage proposals, didn't you? Like you got like I, definitely a couple of dudes that like love you were kind of I, commenting. Yeah. I got some weird stuff that I didn't post, you know, about anal. And I mean, people just say some wild stuff for no reason. So <laughs> I got, um, I was curious as to what I got. I got a question about, you know, what, what do I do for my face? Do I have any implants? and lip injections people ask that question i got um i'll I'll probably answer these um someone asked how many selfies i take a day then someone goes i would just like to know if you've always been this vain wow (laughs) wow i know so funny and it's funny because i've just i feel like i've been getting a lot of that lately with like are you getting the attention that you need and i was like wow but it is interesting how just people's perception you're getting some weird hater type comments i was getting more weird sexual i'm looking at it right now and one of them that i didn't answer prefer circumcised or uncircumcised penis i'm like no what's I'm the not- percentage of men following you i think you have I, a bigger percentage than i do no i think i have less i think i only have like 25 percent yeah i'm or, only 15 percent. actually i might have 15 there's i'll have to look again i think i have less than you for some reason I thought we looked at that once but such a bizarre the, but the ones I do have are like you know they're probably all the ones I dated <laughs> <laughs> well I have a theory my okay. theory is that these you were the hottest chick they've ever dated and also you laughed at all of their jokes and yes. they cannot get over it yes. you were the one that got you're the great white buffalo Danny for all uh, of these dudes uh laughing at people's jokes boost their self-esteem for sure totally and you uh, laugh at everything so yeah. <laughs> i shouldn't take it too personally <laughs> they're remember, not that funny i remember going on a date and jill goes so what do you like what do you want and i go i don't know i want somebody who makes me laugh and she goes well that's about everybody <laughs> <laughs> like a uh, good point good point yeah there is very low uh, for you that's really that's interesting that people will say this i I like the anonymous questions because i feel like it does allow people to say or ask things maybe they don't want but also it allows people to be fucking bullies and assholes so that's also well it's interesting so i looked up and i'll probably answer the one about being vain because i was like oh this is interesting like just i could use it as like a teaching moment for my audience you know because here's the deal is when i see stuff like this especially like the hater comments or trolls 
I don't necessarily answer it for the person. I answer it for everyone watching. Sure. And I know that I have a lot of like newer entrepreneurs, newer coaches, newer online coaches who follow me. And this is the kind of shit that they're scared of. Mm. They're scared of the haters and the trolls and like putting themselves out there. And so I want to answer some of these questions, not in a defensive way, but in a way that like really shows ownership. It's funny. I looked up the... um, the definition of vain and it was basically like you know self-loving and I was like oh okay yeah yep. if yeah so yes I have been vain <laughs> for the mm-hmm. at least for the last decade I sure. have been vain yeah <laughs> I'm like so I want to answer it in a way that uh you know that just diffuses it for the people who are paying attention because yeah. I think these things can feel really scary but it's also like bro or whoever I mean this could be a woman obviously yeah. but I'm just like it's weird to me that people follow people who they don't respect you know I'm just like why are you following? Why, well, you know, I, I mean, know hate if, following is a thing. Yes, it is. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's about don't respect. I was having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine who's going through a transition of her audience where she's suddenly um, feeling more aligned than ever, feeling like she's really doing well. Her business is on fire and she's getting a lot more hate and finding out there's like a lot of rumors around her lately. Mm. And I think there's something to be said of when you start kind of stepping into your power and stepping into your power is kind of a vague uh, thing to say, but I, I feel like you know what I mean. Just like showing yeah. up more confidently, showing Fully. up authentically, and yep. you're just being you, and you stop giving a fuck. There's something that's really threatening about that. So people who maybe yeah. used to follow you because they liked you and they felt like they were they were drawn to whatever you were doing, they suddenly feel like less than or it triggers something in them and so suddenly they're kind of lashing out and so I feel like probably people who are saying this were longtime followers of yours and now they're like oh now she's too big for her britches and I'm going to try to pull her down because I'm not as successful as like maybe we started at the quote started at the same time and Jill and I were equal and now she's more and so we want to pull you back it's like that the crabs Mm -hmm. in the bucket right like the Mm -hmm. crabs in the bucket analogy where if one tries to get out the other ones pull it back I kind of think it's that and it's a sucky feeling. I remember when I was doing the Sweaty Betty's and I had these ambassadors. There was 12 of them. And I was really excited about empowering everyone and, and kind of sharing their things. Um, and there were some rumors. I was starting to get really successful. I bought a new car. And for it was a new to me car. And found these girls were like talking a lot of shit behind my back and saying things about my car. And like I wasn't paying them. And literally it was a $12,000 car, you know, and I knew some of them were like financed to $30,000, $40,000 cars. And I was like, wait, why are they hating on me? And it was really, really hurtful. And mm-hmm. it actually made me shut things down quite a bit. And so I think for you to share this is really helpful for people who may be going through that because it does suck and it hurts. It's like, oh, when I show myself and when I'm really being authentic, people don't like it. And so suddenly you're going, oh, maybe I can't be me. Maybe I can't shine as much because now I'm getting getting kicked out of the tribe, so to speak. So I mm-hmm. think you should I think you should share it. And I think it is a great lesson for people to see. I love that you said that because, you know, you and I actually did an episode on this must have been a couple of years ago on just people's success being polarizing Mm -hmm. like again you can be the kindest sweetest nicest most selfless warmest person but just you being successful will turn people away and this is this weird like desire we have and I actually think the U.S. probably from what I can tell from like a lot of my UK clients and Australia New Zealand clients 
it's even worse in those countries. Like there's this tall poppy syndrome. I don't think we have that as much here because of, you know, just there's so much opportunity here. And like you're used to people going after their dreams, especially like we, I live in LA. Like a lot of people here come here because they have a dream and they're working on something. They're hustling with something. But I think for the major, for to your point, that can feel maybe threatening. And I agree with you, especially when you've been doing, you've been online, right? Sharing your your life online for as long as we have, there is going to be seasons. You know, some people will come in. There was a gal who was an early follower of Jill Fit. She was in the Jill Fit Lifestyles, which is our membership program. They were. She was just like kind of a. I don't want to say a super fan. We were friends with her. Like we, she did all the programs and she was great. And she unsubscribed from my list, I don't know, maybe like three or four years ago. And she responded and she said, I unsubscribed. And she said, love Jill, but got what I needed. And I thought that was really Mm. great. It was just like, I'm done here. You know, and I thought that was a really nice touch. She sure certainly didn't have to respond. She didn't have to say anything if she didn't want to. But I thought that was a really great, some people like unsubscribe. But she was just like, I unsubscribed and I'm good. I got what I needed. I'm in a different place now. You know, and it's been great. It's been fun. You know, so you're going to see some of the people in your audience ebb and flow over the years and they're going to come take what they needed. And I don't know about you, but I've certainly been that as a consumer as well. You know, for a while I'm on Brandon Bouchard stuff, then I'm like kind of office stuff. Then I'm like, I've been kind of coming back around to his stuff lately. Same thing with Gary Vee. I'm kind of back on his stuff lately. But, you know, you leave for a time and then you come back and that's, and I think the best thing we can do as creators and coaches and, you know, brands is just stay as consistent as possible and include our audience as much as we possibly can and then allow them to have their experience of us. And if that means unsubscribing, unfollowing, (laughs) hate following, whatever that means, there's no way you could ever... Uh, you could ever control that. So the only thing you can do is be as honest as you can with yourself and as honest with your audience as you possibly can and let people have their full experience of you. And if that means that someone thinks I'm vain or need attention or whatever, then I'm like, cool, that's your experience of me. But there's, I, I'm certainly not going to change because yeah. I like who I am to the point of being vain. I'm like, yes, I'm vain. <laughs> I like who I am. And it's only been the last decade or so that I've actually liked who I am. And if that gives other people in my audience, not everyone, but the people who need it, a boost to be like, wow, Jill really owns her shit. I wonder if I could show up confidently. And, and I think that's those are the kind of people that we're trying to reach is like being an example of. And I have people that I look up to that are examples of confidence and ownership and success. And I don't see them as threatening. I see them as aspirational. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's an evolution. Vain is an interesting one. Well, I'm also vain. That's for sure. <laughs> probably more I vain. I'm probably more vain than you are. I mean, I do all the things. <laughs> well, I always but. think about vain being like being obsessed with your looks. So I mean, yeah. I guess maybe that's it. Well, I, mean, I like not- I said, I'm more obsessed with my looks, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> now than ever. Yeah, yeah. It's like they'll well, get I mean. more and more vain as the older I get. I'm like, uh, <laughs> Got a fucking gray hair? Okay. I mean, it's that's just a very, it's very interesting. It's what very people's sensitivities are, yeah. I mean, yeah. I have to check myself too because there's some people that, that as they become more successful who are like, you know, I felt like I was closer with when they weren't as yeah rich or whatever, you know, and I have to check myself because I'm like, oh, they think they're too good for me. And I'm like, yeah, they probably are too good to hang out with me at this point, you know, like I would bring their bank account average down. But right. I'm also like, so I have to check myself if I start getting a hit. I'm like, why am I getting a hit from that person? Oh, they're just, they're evolving. And yeah. so I have to be like, oh, like, yeah, wish them the best, you know? Yeah. No, I think it's a human 
nature type of thing to feel a certain way about people you knew or grew up with or, you know, and and even to discount people's successes because of opportunities they've had. I found myself doing that from people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, they're successful, but people don't know their mom owns this company and she's got, <laughs> you know, I mean, we do that. And yep. but I'm not I also might do stuff in my head. But then I'm like you said, I'm checking myself. I'm not going up in their private uh private question box and saying some shit to them i don't know are you ever gonna come clean about how your mom owned that seriously i don't know it's it's Uh, odd to me but anyway this was not what we wanted to talk about today we actually have a another topic you want to share and i think this is a good one i feel like we've touched upon this a little bit but i think this deserves its own episode because this is a good one so I found I came across on my explore tab this uh, like swipe through post and it's a relationship kind of uh, account, I guess, called Love With Clarity. And it says, do you make this excuse? It's is it just not a good time now to improve your relationship? A frequent comment people make when it comes to delaying what's so urgently needed is right now is just not a good time. And maybe that's right. But what's also right is there's no right time to make significant change happen. It will never feel like the right time. Because life-changing moves and decisions will always feel like the le- uh, always feel at least somewhat uncomfortable. It's new and familiar. It will feel like a risk. So who knows whether it will work? Um, let me just see what else. What I say is your life is finite. You don't know how much time you have. No one does. Don't live like you have all eternity. Something needs to improve in your life. Start now. If there are changes you can make that would make your life more enjoyable, make them now. <clears throat> and basically, it will never feel like the right time. So I was thinking, you know, there it are... It sounds like it's uh, someone overcoming objection of people wanting, like, hey, man, you need relationship help right now. And my card is open. Don't delay. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of yes. what it, I'm like, as a marketer, that's what we do, right? We always make a case for why there's never going to be a right time. It's but true. But I think we can dig into this a little bit. And actually, I just scrolled to the last slide, which I hadn't got to, which is you're invited to join you know, their, <laughs> their program on how to break free from unhealthy relationship habits, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But I think that there actually sometimes is not a right time to work yeah. on relationship stuff. So it was something I never thought about. But and and I'm not a relationship coach and I don't hear this kind of thing in, in coaching. Like, hey, it's just not a good time to talk about it. But I was thinking personally, I've had these times where it's just like, there's some shit going on in the relationship, but there's too much other shit going on. It is not the right time. And I was going to say, but, but, and also to this, the point of this post is when is the right time? When's the right time to do anything? When's the right time to break up? When's the right time to have a baby? When, you know, they always say certain things you just, you can't plan for you just do it so i thought it would be a great conversation to bring all that around and maybe someone who's listening is kind of struggling with this you know relationship stuff and they're not sure if it's the right time and so maybe we're going to give you some i don't know stupid ideas of it's, i'm saying it's not or we're like maybe we're going to say her it's never the right time so just start now <laughs> yeah i tend to agree a little bit more with you because i do believe that as you get older, life does become a little more complicated, to be honest. You know, I remember my 20s, I just had a nine to five and I had a boyfriend and that was it. We didn't have shit to do on the weekends. Wasn't, you know, like you were taking care of your mom. Like I, you know, I didn't have a pet. It was just, I don't know, to me, life, I hate to say this, but it sounds so fucking old, but like life was simpler, you know, in a way. And so when you got into a fight or you had something confronting in your relationship, you just had no choice but to just deal with it in that moment. Now I feel like life just becomes more complicated. So as you get older, now all of a sudden it's not just you and a partner, 
and a job, it's kids, it's pets, it's parents, it's family, it's obligations, it's responsibilities, it's entrepreneurship if you own a, you know, you own a business. So just a little bit more. So I, I tend to think and agree with you that sometimes it isn't the right time if you have something else major going on in your life, you know? So for example, I think it's possible too, and I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing, and we can talk about like at one point you come back to it and actually yeah. like do like focus on it. But I could see a situation where if you, especially I'll just like use, uh, you know, as being a business owner, being an entrepreneur as an opportunity, then as an example, it's like you're doing something and you're in the middle of a launch, you're ramping up for a launch. I do believe that it's possible and it's not necessarily harmful. I think it'd be just neutral to sort of inoculate yourself from that relationship issue for a time. You know, you go, yeah, I know that's there. I'm not ignoring it. I know it's there. I know it's a thing. I know it's something I'm going to have to look at and tackle. But just from a mental, emotional energy perspective, there's no way that I can go all in and be there and be present and solve that issue with what I have going on in my business right now. So I don't think it's necessarily you asleep. It's more just, I know it's there and I know at some point I'm going to have to look at it and I want to look at it. But right now, given everything that's going on, it's not just an excuse. And I think that's sort of what the post was saying. Like, don't use yeah. an excuse. I don't think it's an excuse so long as you have awareness. As long as you go, okay, I know this is a thing and I definitely want to confront it and deal with it at some point. But for right now, I got to just, I got to sequester, right? Like I got to just like put it over here for now. Uh, my dad always talks about putting things on the nightstand. Like he, he always says the reason why he never had insomnia was because he was just like, if I had something that was going on, I realized that I wasn't going to solve it in my sleep. I wasn't going to sit there in bed and like solve it. So I would just put it on the nightstand, like the proverbial nightstand. It's kind of the same thing. You have to like, just again, like almost quarantine it, inoculate yourself from that thing. So you can focus on what it is that needs your immediate attention. So I'm curious as to your perspective on that. And is that something that you would do too? I love that put it on the nightstand analogy. That's such a beautiful visual. Um, and I, I love what you said about being aware, having awareness. You're not saying ignore it, pretend it doesn't exist, and we're just going to bury it and it's going to pop up later. You're saying we know this is a problem, but we're just not going to focus on it right now. And I think that's the, the whole key. And this is why this post is a little, I mean, you know, every post can't address every single nuance. And obviously this is marketing for a course and it's like, hey, things can change and change now. And it's funny, it's kind of, in one way it makes me think about, I'm gonna start the diet on Monday when people can just start today. And Jeff and I have had this conversation a lot. He's like, I'll start Monday. And I'm like, babe, we could just start eating better today. And this is kind of her post is you can just start today. And I can also see why you need to be mentally, let's say mentally prepared to start Monday or like have the the fridge ready to go and have your meals prepped or something. So there is something to say, there is something to uh, putting it aside and waiting till you are really ready to do it. Because I think sometimes when we're not fully ready to dive into it, we're only half-assing it. And let's just go back to the diet example. You know, if you are, if you still got junk in the house, you still got chips, you still got peeps from Easter. Uh, not saying that I just <laughs> had that yesterday. Um and, and things like that laying around. And let's say you just have a big weight loss goal or maybe even just a health goal. Maybe you're working with diabetes or something and you're trying to get rid of things. It doesn't 
if you're not setting yourself up for success, you're kind of half-assing it. And so I think the same thing can go toward a relationship issue that maybe you're doing some things and there could be some things you're starting to clean up, right? Maybe you're working on complimenting your partner or doing some small things, but you're not really ready to dig into that deep issue that you both need to work on. I think it's okay to set it aside and maybe have a date. I don't know. Maybe say, we're going to work on this when maybe there's a I mean, I'm thinking about right now, it's graduation time, right? So maybe you're, you have kids in high school and you, graduation's a really big deal. Maybe you have a really big marriage issue, but it's like, is this going to overshadow our child's graduation? Like, I know a lot of parents who did this. One of my best friend's um, parents got divorced after she graduated. And in some ways she felt really hurt by that. But I think, to be honest, the parents were doing their best and it was probably better that she was able to get through high school before her whole life was uprooted, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. I think it is just being aware and going, we're going to deal with this when we're ready to deal with it, both uh, psychologically, mentally, maybe even financially. But I don't know. I, I I do see the like, yes, you could do things now. Like you could start cleaning up your diet now. You could start making an effort. But there are some things that are just so big and heavy or so overwhelmingly uh, large that they're not going to be able to be dealt with at once. And so it's like we have to kind of compartmentalize and put that away for another time. I think it's actually a sign of maturity if you can do that, you know, because mm. I remember, I don't know if you had this experience, but I remember my like teens and early 20s, there was anything wrong in the relationship. I was like, we have to talk about it right now. Yeah. It's like middle of the night. Yeah. Right? We talk about it right now. I don't know. I think there's something, it, it's a sign of maturity or a sign of um, just self-confidence that you can almost just sit in a little bit of discomfort for a time. Like Again, knowing that, and I'll give you guys an example. Uh, it's interesting because I forgot about this, but um, when I was married and I found out about my ex-husband's affair, we ended up staying together for a full year after trying to like sort of work on things, but it was a really hard year, right? It was a lot of conversations, a lot of miscommunication, a lot of, you know, just tripping over ourselves, trying to figure things out. And then we went to, towards the end of that year, we went to Europe for nine weeks and we were going with his parents and his brother and my sister-in-law. And we just decided, the two of us, we said, look, we're going to Europe for nine weeks. We're going to be with the family every single day and let's just enjoy ourselves. Let's not talk about the relationship. And we both agreed that that was the right thing to do. And you know, we had a great time. And I felt, I think that is a really, um, to be able to to put things aside and sort of mentally compartmentalize and be like, yes, this is a family I love. I do still love my partner. Let's just go and like have a good time. And then also know that as soon as we get home, we're going to have these conversations. That's exactly what happened. We came home and we both were kind of like ready. And we're just like, cool, we had a great time. Don't regret it, but let's talk. And over the course of a series of conversations, that's when I decided to leave. And so I think that to me, it's a sign of maturity that you can do that, have that. Because here's the deal. If there's something really big in the relationship that needs addressing, it's not just one conversation, right? And that's the thing that's hard is like, do we even want to start down that road because now all of a sudden, like energetically, I'm I'm starting to really, it's starting to pull on my resources. And if I know I'm going to be trying to be on vacation, have fun with my family, it's graduation time, I got to be there for the kids. Um, I have a launch that I'm doing in my business. Like I don't even want to seep any little bit of emotional energy to that space yeah. until I'm ready. And so I think if it was a quick conversation or whatever, that's fine. But chances are we're talking about something that's a little bit bigger in the relationship that might end up with you not staying in the relationship, you know? And I, I work with a lot of... And I guess my question to you would be, is there a, a something that can't be put off? 
right? Is there something that's just like, it's so like, how do you know if it's just like, you actually can't put this off? Like this Mm. is, it's so front and center that everything else actually needs to be put off to deal with this. Yeah. I think in in regards to issues of safety, abuse, kids being abused, that can't be put off. Like those are things that are just non-negotiables. You know, if there's been especially any kind of physical or sexual abuse, of course, like that's out. And if there's children involved, like get the kids safe. Other things, let's say, I mean, infidelity is a big one. That's really huge. I think that probably can be put off and we've been through it. So that's the only reason I feel confident in saying that. Um, It's funny. I I like that you said it's a sign of maturity because I think it, I think it is. And I think that sometimes that space allows time to think and process and have healthier conversations at the end. So I love your example of going to Europe and coming back. I'm guessing, and I don't know, but I'm guessing that if you had those conversations before you went and or on the trip, it would have been a lot more hostile than after you had that trip, that beautiful experience, you had fun because then you remembered the good things. You could come back and have more calm and deliberate conversations once you came back and maybe more respectful. Because when you're in a relationship with someone, even if it's ending, you started off loving each other, having things in common, wanting to build a life together. So there has to be some piece that you can come back together on. And I think that... I think that sometimes the space, I've seen this with my current relationship where we've had to put it off a conversation because maybe we got into, like this actually happened, we kind of got into a little argument right before my friend's TED talk. And then we went to her talk and then we had to hang out and go to Denny's and all this stuff. So it was like, we got to like act cool around our friends and be all right. Not that we were just arguing literally minutes before we got into the thing. But after we went to the talk and then we had the dinner with friends and we had laughs and conversation our drive home we had a much nicer conversation and we were able to just really see each other and see where the miscommunication happened and it was like that little space instead of continuing the argument skipping the you know skipping the event and skipping the dinner and just hashing it out right then giving us that little bit of space and it was only a couple hours but giving us that space let us have a more calm and collected conversation by the time it was over so i think i love that you said giving the space just is a mature thing to do because I think it really does help and it allows our emotions to come down a little bit. It allows us to maybe see some different perspectives, to get some time, to just, I don't know, I feel like to breathe. And then you can have those heavier conversations with a different, I don't know, a different a different level of energy and emotion and, and attachment to it. But I know a lot yeah. of these things do feel super urgent right then, especially, let's say, back to um, infidelity. I remember when my ex-husband, I found out, I wanted to know everything right then. Like, how did this happen? Why? When? Where were you? I just felt so anxious about not knowing everything. But looking back, we had a lot of conversations later, six months later, eight months later, a year later, in which he had a chance to think through those. I don't even think he knew the answers to some of those questions. I had a chance to have a little bit more compassion and I had a chance to work on some of my own issues to where I could ask him not in an accusatory way, but in a genuinely compassionate, curious way. And we could have a real conversation about what actually happened that led up and led up to that um, decision or series of decisions. So I think setting some things on the shelf doesn't need to be. I don't know. I do. I do understand the the idea behind this post of like things can't wait. When's a good time? It's never a good time. But I think there can be better times. <laughs> I think well, also there can like be better it, times. The, the post assumes that. Um, like when they were like, life is short and things like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but like even the, the waiting time isn't like, 
it's not like you're wasting time, right? Yeah. If you put it on this shelf or you, you know, kind of like say, you know, it's not the right time. Even that time isn't wasted time. It's not like, oh, the, the nine weeks that I didn't confront my relationship and just had a great time in Europe put me that far behind in my life. Like, oh, yeah. if I had dealt with it earlier, I could have been out of the relationship earlier. I could have found my Prince Charming earlier. I could have found, you know, like, I don't know. To me, all of that has utility even if you're not every second looking at your relationship, dissecting your relationship. And Emily actually said something on the last podcast and we had Emily Goff on. She was like, it's a lot of fucking work. So yeah. you were looking at it and going, wow, I know this is going to be a lot of conversations. I know this is going to take a, a massive mental and emotional toll. And I don't know if I'm like ready for that yet, you know, and it's totally fine as again, as long as you have the awareness. So yeah. I think I do believe as we get older, I think, um, being able to sit and then to just like a little bit of discomfort while having the awareness that at some point you're going to tackle it, but not right now. And I agree with you. I think it does give you more perspective and it gives you an ability to, to come back and in a way that is more calm, more level-headed, more empathetic, more understanding and have better conversations as a result of it. So, you know, if there's urgency, there's urgency, there's no right way to do this, but don't feel, don't let a social media post tell you that you have to yeah. deal with like all the shit in your relationship right this second. If you're just like, ah, I don't know if I can, but then don't go to sleep. Instead, just figure out, okay, let's like kind of how Jade and I did. We get back from this trip, we'll do it, right? At the end, yeah. after graduation, after the kids graduate, awesome, let's talk about this, you know, yeah. and have that maturity to do that. And I think it takes someone who is has emotional stability to be able to just stay in that little bit of a discomfort holding pattern. And you'll know when the time is right. You know, you'll kind of know, all right, yeah, like it's time to, my, my coach, James Wedmore, my business coach, he talks about this from the perspective of sitting on a nail. So if I'm sitting on a nail and I'm not moving around, I don't really feel it. But as soon as I start moving around, it's like, okay, this is actually something I need to pay attention to. So I think sometimes you're just sitting on a nail and it's not a big deal. It's like, cool, yeah. I'm fine right now. And then at some point you start moving or growing in a different direction and you know it's time to really look at that wound or look at that situation. So yeah. And the last thing I would probably bring up is kind of what's too, like the question I would propose is what's too long. And I think back to you'll know when you know kind of idea. Um, I think there's some things that probably go on too long. But it, it, again, to your nail analogy, is this at some point it's going to bother you, you know? So I guess you can sit with something for 20, 30 years. And if it's just not enough to make you get off, then you're just going to keep sitting on it so <laughs> and like really, who's to say that it's wrong right yeah we can judge other relationships and look at other people and be like ah they can't believe they're still together or like whatever but hey man if it works for them it works for them yeah yeah so I don't know I really I liked this post it just made me think because I do think there's so many posts like this that you you my initial reaction is like yes I agree and then as I start thinking about it I go ah not quite and I think it can also be a disservice to somebody who's struggling with something that maybe has a lot of things going on it you know family issues, um, I don't know, holidays coming up, vacations coming up, things like that that are just, you can't quite get out of and it's going to be awkward if you're, you know, nine weeks on a family vacation and you're bickering the whole time. So you just have to make these decisions to go, hey, let's set these things aside. We're going to, when we get back, I love that you said it's a sign of maturity. I really agree with that. And, and we just wish you the best. Like relationships can be messy and just know that they'll work out when you're ready to work them out. Totally. They always do. They always do.
Um, All right, y'all. Well, that's all we have for you on this episode. Thank you so much for being here. As usual, if you are not in our closed Facebook group, make sure you join. Go to thebestlifepodcast.com and then find the link for our free Facebook group there to have some discussions. Also, y'all, if you have not checked out the happiness diet, make sure that you do. We talk a lot in the happiness diet about communication, about using your relationships as a way to better yourself and to further your own personal development. You go to thehappinessdiet.com. Check out all the details there. It is an amazing course that Danny and I put together. We've had a lot of people go through this program and it is very useful if you're struggling with some of these things. So that's all we got for you guys. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye guys.